Hello, space junkies, and welcome to What a Piece of Junk, episode 133. I am your host, Scott Botman, and joining me to discuss some pretty big news in the production world of Star Wars is our original Dave Phil Cloney, Mr. Miracle, the gooey-chewy man of a thousand nicknames, Mr. Nathan Miracle. Nathan, how's it going? Oh man, it's been so busy around here getting all these shows ready to get. I mean, uh, I'm not Dave Filoni. Indeed, you're not, but he is the topic du jour of this episode of the podcast because huge news came out during the uh, quasi holiday break for us here at the Drunken Gungan. Um, and it's it's news that we've been expecting, but yet also really hopeful to hear for many years now as Star Wars fans. And so, Nathan, I'm not going to step on your toes. This is big news for you and the guy that you were cloned from. I mean, are a big fan of. So uh, take it away. Yes, so uh, Dave Filoni has received a promotion. He is now the Chief Creative Officer for Star Wars for Disney, Lucasfilm, and whatever other adjectives you want to put on there. Uh, he, yes. He's the creative guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So uh, Dave had said something along the lines of, uh, in, a, in an interview with, I believe it was Variety, or yeah, I think it was Variety. Uh, he basically said, uh, if there's some sort of storyline decision about Star Wars, all across all media, I am now the guy that everybody checks with. Which we all felt like he kind of was for some time now, but it's great to have this officially be announced, because as the co-creator of the Clone Wars and uh, guy who shepherded Star Wars Rebels and uh, created some of the most enduring original Star Wars characters since the turn of the millennium, uh, I think he is absolutely Absolutely the right choice for this job. Now, I know that not everybody out there in the Star Wars fandom, shocker, is as excited about this as we are. And some folks are even feeling kind of negative about it. But we'll talk a little bit about those sort of reactions as we go on in this episode of the podcast. Uh, but, you know, first and foremost, Nathan, how do you feel now that this has officially been stated that Dave is the guy in charge of carrying the torch of Star Wars storytelling. He's sort of the the keeper of the holocron officially when it comes to storytelling for Star Wars. Now, I'm I'm not going to lie. Uh, there are things that Dave Filoni has done that I don't think have been the best Star Wars. Uh, but that would be true no matter who was in charge. So yeah, Indeed. Book of Boba Fett, not my favorite. I know that he was involved with that. So I'm not going to pretend that every last thing that he's ever done has been stellar. But you know who else worked a lot on Star Wars who wasn't always stellar? George Lucas. That's true. <laughs> yes, just ask anybody back in 1999, and they'd have been all like, oh, the Phantom Menace is the worst thing I've ever seen. Somebody needs to rein in George Lucas. He's a great writer, but not a great whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, yeah, insert whatever that, that person feels there. Uh, which it's fine to have different opinions, but uh, you know, that doesn't mean that Dave isn't the best guy for the job right now. About the only other person that I could think of who might be as good at this would be Sam Witwer. And I don't think he was up for consideration for the job. No, and I don't think Sam would have wanted that job, honestly. Sam still very much is an actor, but he's mm -hmm. out there acting. You know, he's doing stuff. So Don't, don't get me wrong. He'd love for Maul to come back again. Uh, yeah. And and he might, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. There's some possibilities out there. Uh, but um, he did call Dave out on 
uh, one particular thing on uh, on Padme having met Shmi. Uh, oh, yeah. It. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what the scenario was that they were trying to set up, but uh, it, it was in the the Clone Wars, and Sam Witwer pointed out to Dave that. Uh, but because Dave was going to have a scene where Anakin introduced um, Padme to Shmi somehow, like through Force Ghost type thingy, um, and Sam was like, "You know, they met already, like in they the already met each other in Attack of the Clones." <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so they they did know each other. Now at at the time, Anakin and Padme were not an item, but you know, they they had met. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sam could do the job as far as keeping the lore straight, uh, but he doesn't have the the producing side of it. I think. Um, whereas, and I feel like uh, Whitworth probably doesn't have he doesn't have quite the same writing and narrative and author chops as uh, Dave Filoni does. Uh, and of course, we always talk about how Star Wars has such a big Asian influence. Uh, and having worked on Avatar: The Last Airbender cartoon series, I think uh, Filoni also has a pretty good grasp of that type of uh, DNA or or historical connection that Star Wars has. Uh, with with that entire feeling, um, and so uh, so, have you heard anyone really talking uh, online that's kind of poo pooing the whole idea of Dave being the guy in charge of a story for Star Wars? I have, and it's mostly been focused around particular aspects of Star Wars that people didn't respond to as well, uh, notably the book of Boba Fett, uh, which he was a producer <laughs> on. Um, now, I think he was most involved in the two episodes that people liked the most, which were the ones that didn't really have Boba Fett in them. <laughs> but, right, right. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I've heard some people talk about Ahsoka as well and some things that they didn't like about Ahsoka. Uh, some of the things, some of the complaints that I've heard, quite frankly, are matters of opinion, not really of course. Uh, like yeah. pre presented as objective fact, but not really objective fact. Like, you know, Thrawn made a mistake when he did this. I'm like, well, yeah, maybe, but you know, that could be considered the right thing for him to do too. You know, put yourself in Thrawn's shoes. He thought it was the right thing because Dave thought it was the right thing. Um, yeah, and of course, you could always make the case that this was done to show that even the Grand Admiral is not flawless, right? Right. Like you know, the the Empire, the dark side in, in particular. Uh, is always dealing with overconfidence, right? The idea that they are infallible and cannot make a mistake. Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. My apprentice cannot possibly betray me, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, you know, Palpatine said those things in various forms, and then, of course, in other Star Wars media, you've got people like Darth Malgus who end up betraying their master when their master was all like, "I can never be betrayed by my." my apprentices because i have too many of them you know fighting amongst themselves to focus on overthrowing me uh which is never something palpatine never actually did uh but he probably theorized about doing when he had dooku and asajj ventress and maul and oppress and all of them sort of internecine struggles there and speaking of internecine struggles uh, you like that segue uh do you think that there was much back and forth behind the scenes at Lucasfilm about 
what Dave should actually be in charge of doing. Because some wanted him to replace Kathleen Kennedy herself as head of the whole Lucasfilm thing. But that's not usually his bailiwick. And others wanted him to just stick to certain particular projects and not get involved in everything. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about that? If I had to guess, I would say you're exactly right when you say that that's not his bailiwick to be the guy in charge of everything. Uh, he has been learning the production side of things. He's been studying under uh, Happy, uh, whatever his real name is. <laughs> his real name is John Favreau. Yeah, that guy. Uh, sorry, I was just blanking on it for a minute. But but Happy, you know. And I do like that you remember him as Happy and not one of the many other more famous roles that he's had. But go on. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Uh, he is Happy, and to me, he always will be. But he studied under him. He also studied under Ryan Johnson. And I think a lot of people forget that, that uh, a lot of the live action chops that he has came from studying on The Last Jedi, which yeah. was a beautiful film. I know there's a lot of things that a lot of people didn't like about that film, but the cinematography usually doesn't get listed as one of those, except in one particular fight scene, but yeah. details. Specifically yeah. the details of that fight scene with the disappearing weapon, but uh, yeah, right. But, but be that as it may, um, it's obviously that Ryan Johnson uh, and his director of photography were a uh, director of cinematography um, were amazing, and uh, Filoni studying that has been great, and of course studying, like you said, under Favreau has been great um, because you know Favreau do, did producing duties on lots of other things besides just uh, the Mandalorian, um, and, you know, for some Marvel stuff as well, um, and and. Back when, you know, putting the Marvel name on a movie meant that you knew it was going to be close to a masterpiece or a genre of film. Um, so, yeah, I think his his craftsmanship is not in question. Um, I think maybe, like you said, it's a matter of personal opinion. There, I've seen some folks online who are lamenting about Filoni having this more deeply uh, interconnected type of narrative storytelling where – like one of the complaints from, uh, let's say, Star Wars fans of a certain caliber about the Ahsoka series was you had to know all this other stuff for it to really have a big impact on you, which is fair. That's a fair criticism of Ahsoka. Uh, I would not say that if someone was not a Star Wars fan and they came to me and said, hey, Scott, I really want to get in on this whole Star Wars thing that you love so much. Show me something as a newbie to really get me interested in it. I wouldn't be like, well, let's sit down and watch eight hours of Ahsoka. That's It's not going to get the job done. Um, because you can't sit there and watch even seven or eight episodes and really understand it all, much less drop in and watch one story with her and be like, oh, Star Wars is cool. I mean, it'll have some interesting special effects, but really, it had so much mythology built into it that the only things that you would pick up on if you were a casual observer and not a diehard Star Wars fan were almost to the level of tropes about a hero's journey, trying to get revenge for things, uh, you know, rebuilding from a fallen empire, uh, fulfillment of prophecy, uh, the idea of the afterlife. I mean, th even the titles of several episodes of Ahsoka were callbacks to other more famous works like the Jedi, the Witch, and the Warlord, which was the Lion, the Witch, and the, the Wardrobe. Lion, the Wardrobe. Uh, yeah. 
Yep, uh, Ahsoka came back from the dead, but now she's wearing all white. I mean, that's Gandalf's shtick, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. And we, as Star Wars fans, understand all the buildup for that. And as genre fans in general, we love the callback to things that we grew up with or that we venerate as as examples of the 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 the, the whole motif of the genre. But at the same time. If you're a, a more negative-minded viewer or someone who doesn't have this built-in love for Star Wars to get all the nuance, you look at that and you think, well, these are just a bunch of tropes. This Filoni guy's a hack. I mean, he's not got any original ideas. This is like watching you know, any number of Kurosawa films, etc., etc., uh, which is not true if you watch some of the other stuff that Dave has done. But then you get back to the initial complaint of, I can't just sit down and watch an episode of a Filoni uh, inspired streaming series and take it for what it is. I have to have all this other uh, uh, uncharitable description would be I have to bring all this baggage with me. A more charitable description would be I have to be invested in the storyline and be a real super fan in order to really appreciate this. So is he going to I hate to use the P word, but pander to super fans too much, or is he going to be the kind of creative director that makes fans into super fans? What What are you thinking? That's a very interesting question because we've gotten both of those. Ahsoka is very mm -hmm. much the pandering to super fans. Uh, Davies even talked about that with uh, the final scenes with uh, Balin standing on the statues of the Mortis uh, trilogy. <laughs> or at least two out of three of the Morris trilogy with one having fallen uh, and how right. that really caters to a particular type of fan, this type of fan, <laughs> you know, but not every type of fan. That's the sort of thing that I have to explain to people when we're watching it. They're like, Oh, uh, uh, what, what are these big faces? I'm like, well, there's, there's this whole story that goes along with that. Um, and it's kind of a weird yeah. story, even within star Wars, but at the yeah. same time, you have things like The Mandalorian, which you really don't need to know much of anything about Star Wars going into The Mandalorian other than that guy's armor looks cool. <laughs> yep. that, that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, It kind of helps to know that this little guy is the same species as Yoda. It might mean more to you, but you don't need to know that. The child is cute, regardless of whether you know Yoda or not. You don't need to know hardly anything about Star Wars to become a fan through The Mandalorian. So he's done both. And I think we need a mix of both. Uh, so we're going to talk about some shows that are coming up in 2024. And uh, I think one of the things that we can talk about is which ones we think will cater more towards the hardcore fans and which ones will cater more towards... Uh, you know, hey, I've heard of Star Wars. This sounds fun. Okay, this is good. Yeah, it also helps to enjoy the Mandalorian if you know what uh, who stormtroopers are, because at the very least, That's the true. Mandalorian was fighting some stormtroopers uh, on the regular. Yeah. Uh, at although, least in although, the first season. Although uh, it's kind of similar as with the original Star Wars, you can tell those are bad guys. Those are the yes, faceless yes. goons. Uh, you, you don't necessarily yeah. have to have seen all of Star Wars to recognize, yeah, the, those guys are not good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, George Lucas famously made the bad guys wear white uh, in 
in the original Star Wars because that was sort of off kilter for the classic space opera or serial adventure. Anyway, um, so there are five Star Wars shows that will debut on Disney Plus next year. And our friends over at CBR.com, a bastion of journalism, anyway, um, uh, have put out a list of what all is coming to the uh, Disney Plus, you know, universe when it comes to Star Wars next year. So, uh, Nathan, take it away with uh, with the list here. All right. Uh, so we've got five uh, five shows. Three of them are going to be live action. Two of them are going to be animated. Uh, we have, or, or did I have that backwards? Oh, you, you no, got no, it right. I, I was right. Three, yeah. of, three, three are live action. Three of them two. are live action. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of them will be set in the Mandoverse, which is really just a period of time in Star Wars. It's not its own yeah. universe, so I, I don't really like that naming convention. But uh, first up, we have Skeleton Crew, Crew, the Acolyte, the Bad Batch season three, Andor season two, and Tales of the Jedi season two. Yeah, I think out of all five of these, I would be lying if I said. Andor season two wasn't the one I was most interested in watching, although a close second is the Acolyte, because I'm interested in the time period that it is going to be set in uh, with the Acolyte happening. Um, Skeleton Crew is not really high on my list of ones I'm excited about watching. Uh, I'm going to watch it, of course, and maybe it will surprise me. My, you know, could be you know nine months from now, I'm like, this has been the coolest Star Wars television show since The Mandalorian. Um, but Probably not. Uh, Tales of the Jedi, I wasn't super excited about the first season, uh, but I'll give season two a shot, of course. And uh, The Bad Batch season three, I am interested in watching simply because I'm invested in those characters now, and I really want to see how that story turns out. Um, what What are your thoughts about these upcoming five shows, Nathan? Well, clearly you are objectively wrong. I have to tell you that because the Acolyte is the one that we should be most excited about. I with Andor oh. Season 2 being a close second. Yeah, so my list is fairly similar to yours, just with those two flip-flop. And those two flip-flop mostly because we've seen Andor, uh, so the Acolyte is a completely new character, and that makes me a bit more interested in that one. But Andor Season right. 1 was really good, and I'm looking forward to seeing K2SO. Alan Tudyk, anytime he voices somebody, that's just stellar. Um, so I'm very excited about that one as well. Uh, Skeleton Crew, from everything we've heard about it, I'm just not that invested. And yeah, I, I don't know what they can do to get me more invested, but uh, whatever they're doing right now is not working. Uh, Bad Batch Season 3. Sorry, Dave. The two previous seasons of Bad Batch have not been living up to the Clone Wars. I think that has no. a lot to do with the fact that it's one set of characters in an overarching story as opposed to smaller segments of more interesting story. Um, so we get more not great content, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. like if yeah. you've got four great episodes with these guys and four great episodes with other characters, that's better than four great episodes with these guys and four so-so episodes with these guys. Um, and I, I think that's kind of what we've gotten. There have been some good episodes and some kind of mediocre ones. Tales of yeah, the Jedi, yeah. 
I'm very interested in pending who we talk about. Yeah, who will be the focus of those stories is the real question. I mean, if we get more like young Ahsoka, that might be pretty cool. If we get more like Yaddle, um, I don't, I don't know. Haven't you always wanted to know more about Yaddle? No, no, not that's really. all right. No, yeah, uh, see, I, 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 yeah, one of Ki Adi Mundi episode of Tales of the Jedi, or you know, Ki Adi Mundi's cool. Uh, you know, you know, both of them had some great moments in the Clone Wars, uh-huh. but yeah, they're probably not carrying a whole third of the Tales of the Jedi. Uh, and honestly, I don't really want to see Ahsoka either. We've seen enough of her. I don't need to fill in the few parts of her backstory that we haven't seen. Perhaps they want to know what was on the menu at Jedi Summer Camp when young Ahsoka attended every summer? Not really. No. No, that that's okay. Uh, all right. But uh, what okay. I do was... want to see, what I'd be super interested in seeing would be a Balin skull. Tales of the Jedi. Oh, that would be cool. Way better than watching Ahsoka eat Ronto wraps at summer camp with Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A yeah, Skull, it, yeah, that would be cool. Or even if we did a Tales of the Jedi that was set way, way, way in the past, like in the same era as the Acolyte. Ooh, now that could that, be cool. That could be really cool. Yeah, I think getting some characters that we don't know as much about, but are still interested in, would be important. Yeah, we don't know as much about Kiadi Mundi, but not as many people are going to be interested in Kiadi Mundi. Uh, I think we might get Plukun because there's a certain creative officer yeah. over there yeah. who might really like to see Plukun. Um, uh, frankly, he'd be one of my higher ups as far as Jedi Council members go, but I'd still rather see someone like Balin Skull where we know there's a story there. And we're itching to know what that story is. Yeah, yeah. I loved the rumors uh, back in the day before we knew Luke Skywalker was going to be in The Mandalorian that people thought that was going to be Plo Koon come to rescue Baby Yoda. And I was like, how are they going to be all Plo Koon's alive? So I was kind of glad that that turned out not to be the case. Some of them, you don't see them in uh, in. Revenge of the Sith, uh, you don't see them go down, but or, or they go down in such a way that you know they could have survived. But right, right. Pl- Plukun's ship blew up with him in it. Yeah, it, it'd be a real stretch for him to come back from that. Yeah, definitely. It, and th- this isn't Darth Vader going careening off into space in his right. TIE this fighter. Is kaboom. This is a la Jack Porkins kaboom. Yes. Yeah. And if Jack Porkins comes back, then I'll say, okay, maybe a blue goon can come back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of making a comeback, Star Wars merchandise sure has with it being ye old holiday shopping season. And we have some merchandise to talk about. But first, let's talk about what Star Wars shirts we're wearing this week. I am jumping on the holiday bandwagon with my This Is The Way to the Gifts, my holiday Grogu shirt as the child is hiding behind the present. And uh, Nathan, have you seen Doctor Who, the Star Beast yet? Yes. 
Yes, I saw it today. I absolutely, spoiler alert, in case anybody listening to this episode hasn't watched it yet, but, you know, check out Disney Plus, your home for all your Doctor Who needs. I absolutely thought that the Meep was Doctor Who's play for having a Grogu-esque character and very much loved the snide British dry wit commentary of how the Meep turned out to be evil. Take that, baby Yoda. Anyway, you, you uh, know, what do you got there for t-shirt there, Nathan? Going back to the meat right quick for a second, I was reminded of Phineas and Ferb. Yes, that's right! Because they meep. had an alien called Meep, who was cute. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, I was wondering how they managed to get away with that. Um, and the answer is they're both Disney. But yeah. Well, I, I mean, anyway, this isn't a Doctor Who podcast. What you got not. for t-shirt there, Nathan? I am paying homage <laughs> to the creative officer himself because I'm on a mission from Dave. I mean, Java. <laughs> this is a uh, baseball shirt that we got in Chicago. I say we as though you partly own it. No, I got this in Chicago at Star Wars Celebration. So uh, it is a reference to the Blues Brothers. We're on a mission. The Max Rebo Band is on a mission from Jabba. The real question is, are we talking Jabba the Hutt or are we talking Ezra Bridger calling himself? Yeah, that would be awesome. Well, if you guys out there want a cool what a piece of junk t-shirt or mouse pad or iPad case or so on and so forth, please check out the Fandom Podcast Network store over at tpublic.com. Just head to tpublic.com and search up Fandom Podcast Network in the search bar, and you'll see all kinds of neat stuff, not just from our show, but all the other great shows that we have here on the Fandom Podcast Network. And speaking of the FPN, Nathan, tell folks out there where they can find us. There are many, many different places you can find us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, YouTube. Please like and subscribe. It helps with the algorithm, or so I'm told. You can find us on Facebook, What a Piece of Junk, a Star Wars podcast. You can email us, whatapieceofjunkpod at gmail.com. On Twitter, slash X, uh, slash whatever we're calling it these days, we're at What Wars. On Instagram, you can find the entire Fandom Podcast Network at Fandom Podcast Network. So if you knew what we were talking about with the Doctor Who stuff, there's a podcast for that on the Fandom Podcast Network. 40, yes. Type 40, go for it, you guys. Yes, and if you do listen to us on any service that allows you to give reviews, but particularly on Apple, uh, please leave a review. Let us know what we're doing well, what we could be doing better, and we'd love to get five-star reviews because those help other people find our podcast. Also, Dave personally told me that he might cancel our show if we don't get any. I guess I guess he does have the authority to do that now, doesn't he? Yeah. So, uh, please, please leave a review. Indeed. Well, anyway, this has been a abbreviated episode, but we'll be back sometime after the holiday season to start discussing all the upcoming craziness that is going to be Star Wars fandom in 
2024. But until then, we want to thank you all for joining us. Please remember to hit us up between shows to let us know what we can do better, what we did great, what we did worse, and so on and so forth. Whatever we can do to make the show more enjoyable for all of you. But please remember to always respect each other and always respect each other's fandom. All right, Nathan, punch it. Ooh.